My dearest Isabel, she cried, what a joy to find you here tonight. My mother's response was not quite icy, but it would be excessively generous to describe it as anything more than lukewarm. You are looking very well, Laura, she said. Laura seemed to be all arms, eyes and teeth as she responded. Yes, but I am weary to death, fending off unwanted suitors and wallowing in unceasing mourning for my beloved Edward. An arduous life indeed, especially at our age. Ah, I have always been too painfully sensitive to the afflictions of my friends and myself, as you know, Isabel. Of yourself, certainly. If Laura detected the criticism in this remark, she did not show it, but turned her attention to me instead. But surely this angelic creature cannot be your daughter, Marianne, she exclaimed, adding thoughtfully, She takes after her father, no doubt. I am his image in petticoats, so I'm told, I answered with a respectful bow. We were almost at the carriage, and the footman prepared to assist my mother up into it. Does your papa wear petticoats? Laura wondered aloud. I had an uncle who did the same. His wife often dressed as an admiral of the fleet, I believe. Charming. Mamma turned away as she spoke. But I'm afraid we must be off, my dear Laura. Pray stop for a moment, Laura entreated. What is it now? The other woman seemed completely insensible of any reluctance on my mother's part to comply with her request. She reached out and took my hand unexpectedly, looking at me with such intensity that I was quite taken aback. Dearest Marianne, she said, giving my hand a painful squeeze. I always promised your dear mother that I would some day acquaint her daughter with all the particulars of my many adventures. I could hear my mother breathe an audible sigh, apparently resigning us both to our fates. I believe, she said, that you did once mention something of the sort, I had quite forgotten. But I have not. Laura's look of smug satisfaction was a treat to see. And that momentous occasion has at last arrived. I should be honoured to hear your story, Mum, I replied. What else could I say after all? Come to my house tomorrow, then, at noon. Having issued what was more in the nature of a command than a request, She apparently deemed refusal to be impossible, and flitted off to rejoin the gentleman who had congregated some distance away, watching our conversation with jealous eyes. By then we were safely ensconced in the carriage, and I turned to Mamma to ensure that my proposed visit was acceptable to her. Go with my blessing, dear child, she shrugged. I make no doubt you will be vastly entertained. You do not mind, then? Somehow, I had gathered that she did not entirely approve of her old friend, and was in no mood to encourage the acquaintance. On the contrary, it may be just what you need. What do you mean? You have been doubting your decision to marry Tom, have you not? I blushed in spite of myself, and caught my lips between my teeth. Mamma was ever a downy one, and I had always found it nearly impossible to keep a secret from her. Tom is a a good sort of man, to be sure. But you wonder if you might not do better, perhaps. I cannot but question if he is the one for me, 
I confessed. Is he your true love, you mean? Mama chuckled softly. Your soulmate? Well, I could feel the colour in my face deepening. Yes, I think Laura may be just the tonic. I looked at her curiously. Did she marry her soulmate? I asked. She did indeed. God help her. Mama! Her cynical response startled me in spite of myself. Forgive me, my love. She settled back into her seat as the carriage made the turn to our street. When you are my age, you will find that passion, like hope, makes a fine breakfast. Once it cools, though, it is less than useless. One wants something more substantial for supper. With such bracing words to comfort me, I arrived at Laura's house the next day with feelings of equal parts curiosity and confusion.